Hello. Well, it's been four months nearly now since we were put into lockdown in this country. And I don't know if you can remember much about the beginning. I remember that I was very active, <laughs> trying to get the house ready, knowing that the kids were going to be off school for a while. Um, I remember putting all their uniform away, getting different games out, moving a piano from one room to another, probably all just trying to control what felt uncontrollable. I also remember right at the beginning, when I was reading my Bible, it felt like overnight uh, the words had been rewritten. I mean, that's obviously not what happened, but it felt like I was reading words that I'd read before, but suddenly they were brand new, speaking directly into the situation that we were in. And I know I wasn't the only one who found that. I remember really early on in lockdown, my daughter Esther, who was seven, uh, she was about to read her Bible before bed and didn't know what to read, so she asked me, and I said, why don't you read Psalm 23? Lots of us are finding that's really speaking to us right now. And so she found Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and uh, I left her to it. And I came back a bit later and I saw that she'd got three highlighters out, three different colours. Uh, she's obviously learnt from me. And um, she got these highlighters out and she'd made a key. And the key was, one colour was coronavirus, one colour was I'm scared, and one colour was God is my father. And she showed me her Bible and the whole thing she'd just covered in all the colours. And she said, it's all, all of them. And of course it isn't. Of course, Psalm 23 wasn't written for coronavirus, but of course it also was. The Bible is living and active and speaks to us today. And certainly, like I said, I found, particularly with the Psalms, the old words had new meaning and were speaking life to me in a whole new way. Words often of real comfort. And there was one day when I was reading and this little line just leapt out to me and we had it in our reading earlier from Psalm 74. And verse 16 says this, the day is yours, yours also is the night. And it, was, it just hit me, it was such a comfort of this, of this truth that God is sovereign in all seasons, in the good times, in the bad times. And in that moment, it was like a banner for this season, for my life of God saying, I'm in this. You know, not that I caused it, but I am in this and I'm gonna be at work in the season because the day is mine, but the night is mine too. And Psalm 74 was written as a, like a heartfelt response to just the unimaginable. What happened is that God's people had witnessed the complete destruction of Jerusalem and the temple at the hands of the Babylonian army. And as the psalmist recounts this, and there were bits in our reading that, from the beginning that we didn't have, but it, he, he kind of he goes through what happened. and It's like he painfully retells that to God, like processing the horror with him. But then even as he does that, he begins to declare something even bigger than the horror, and that is uh, who God is. And it says, this is from verse 12, but God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monsters in the water. It was you who crushed the heads of the Leviathan. It was you who opened up springs. You dried up the ever-flowing rivers, recounting events from long ago. And then he says, the day is yours and yours also the night. You established the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Again and again, the psalmist says, you, 
He emphasised God's power over everything, taking his cue from what he knew to be true, even more than what he had seen. Despite what he'd seen, he's saying, over this hard season, I'm going to declare that you're mighty, that you're sovereign, that you care and that you're active. The day is yours. Yours also is the night. The Bible depicts night uh, in all sorts of ways. Obviously, there's the very literal um, night that happens at the end of the day, a season of rest, of inactivity. But also it uses the term night figuratively uh, for seasons of distress and um, really horrendous circumstances like in this psalm. And for loads of us, these last four months or so have felt like a figurative night. There's been lots of change in our normal activity. Um, lots of those things have stopped. There's been lots about this season that has been dark, hard, lonely, scary. And although in recent weeks there's been changes and there's more that we can do and different ways that we can begin to see people, it's still hard. It's still scary. Lots of us are still lonely. And now the added problem is it's long. This has been going on a long time and we are weary. We're weary physically, emotionally, mentally, and lots of us spiritually. So today I want to encourage us that just like in this psalm, God is the God of the night as well as the day. He's not on the back foot. He's still powerful. He's just as much at work in this season as he is in any season. Just as much as he was at the beginning of the year, he is still in charge and he's still got plans for us today. I also want to encourage us to begin in a new way to look for what God might be doing. What we see in the Bible, as I said, it talks about night both uh, literally and figuratively, and in both cases, it shows us that there's something unique and beautiful that God does in the night. And so I want to look at some of those things and hope that we can be encouraged and recognise God's purpose in this season. Just a few things we're going to look at. What are some of the things that God might want to do? I'm going to suggest that he wants to wake us up. He wants to bring freedom. He wants to speak to us and he wants to grow us. So first of all, he wakes us up. And in the book of Esther in the Old Testament, things were looking really bad for God's people. And right in the centre of that book, literally the sort of pivotal point in that book is Esther 6 verse 1. And it simply says this, that night the king couldn't sleep. And what happened is the king who was in charge and ultimately responsible for what was about to happen, the destruction of God's people, he couldn't sleep. And so he calls for his journals, the account of his reign to be brought to him. And he reads and he realises something. And that realisation leads to a change and ultimately the saving of God's people. All because that night the king couldn't sleep. And in this season, God is beginning to wake us up. A couple of weeks ago, I was praying for a family in this church. And as I was praying for them, I just began to feel the weight, the weight of their situation. And I was like, God, they're going to need more than just me, more than just my prayers. And really gently and clearly, I just sensed God speak. Just that a sentence landed in my mind. Ali, you're not the only one I'm waking up right now. Oh, and it brought relief, 
But I've held that line, not just for that situation, not just for that family, knowing that there are others that God is calling to stand with them, but actually generally that, Ali, I'm not the only one, you're not the only one, I'm waking up right now. And I see that in this season, in this dark night, God is bringing about like a holy disturbance. But even in this season of upset, he is waking us up. There are things that were on his heart and they weren't on our heart before. And there are issues of injustice and inequality that are now disturbing us, even as they've already disturbed him. And he's calling, with, uh, calling us to partner with him and to pray with him, to him and to care about the things that he cares about. He is waking us up in this season. Second of all, God is bringing freedom. In the Old Testament, again, God's people, uh, they had um, been in slavery for years, for generations in Egypt. And the process of getting them out of slavery was long, but the moment of freedom came in the night. In Exodus 12, 31, it says this, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and go. This declaration of freedom came in the night, even though they didn't walk it out until the morning. And Jesus himself came to proclaim and to win our freedom. For him, it was in the night in Gethsemane that he wrestled. It was on the cross that day turned to night. And he entered what should have been the eternal night of the grave, except there he won a victory. And so he turned that grave into a place of eternal light in the morning. He won our freedom for us. So you're free. I'm free. That's been done. And yet I know that there are lots of us who right now feel anything but free. In this night season, we've been more aware of our baggage. Uh, we've been more aware of our slavery. There are things that we thought we had got victory over. But in the picture I keep getting in my mind, it's like there's lots of us who, using a boxing analogy for some reason, it's like we're on the mat. We are, we are not quite out, but we're, we're certainly down. And I think for lots of us, the area of slavery has been uh, in terms of lies. There are lies that don't feel like lies, they feel like truth because we've been believing them and we feel like we've run out of energy to fight them. And so whether that lie, and it will be different for all of us, whether that lie is that God doesn't see me or I don't belong or I'm not noticed or I'm not loved, whatever that lie might be, it's like we've been in slavery to that and God wants to bring us back into his freedom, even today, to recognise that those, those lies are robbing us and it's time to, uh, to establish ourselves again in his love, in his truth, that he's won freedom for us. Now we're gonna, he calls us to walk with him and walk out in that freedom. That again, in the middle of this night, that we would hear God speak freedom over us and we would walk with him in that freedom. So he wakes us, he wakes us, he brings us freedom and he speaks. What we see in the Bible is that God speaks in the night, often through dreams. And often those dreams that he um, brings, they're a turning point. So just one example from the New Testament this time is Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. 
And what happened is that uh, when he hears that Mary's pregnant, he decides to divorce her. But then God speaks to him in the night through a dream, and he tells Joseph, no, don't walk away, but marry her. And so Joseph wakes up, and, uh, and he takes that right course of action, all because God speaks. And I know in this season God is speaking. He's speaking to some about old dreams, things that he said ages ago. And there's something about this season where normal activity has, has stopped or shifted for most of us. There's something about that that it's given some people I know space just to kind of almost those dreams have been revived again. And there's change coming as a result. For others, it's new dreams, brand new dreams, things that are stirring. For all of us, God wants to speak to us through his word and by his spirit in this season and in this night. He's speaking to us. And then finally, so he wakes us, he frees us, he speaks to us, and then finally he grows us. And there's, a, there's a, a picture of night in a parable, a really short parable that Jesus tells in Mark chapter 4. And it says this, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. This is a principle of the kingdom of God, that there will be growth. The kingdom of God will grow. It will grow in us and through us. And if you think about what a plant needs in order to grow, almost certainly you'll identify that it needs sunshine, which is true. But did you know that plants grow faster in the night? I know it's true because I googled it. Plants grow faster in the night. And if again you're anything like me, you'll be feeling the opposite. In this lockdown season and all that comes with it, I've been so aware of my lack of uh, fruit. If you think about the fruits of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, I think I got all of them. Um, yeah, I've been so aware that I, there are so many, um, so much that I lack, and yet somehow we've got to allow that realisation of lack just to drive us back to God, the gardener, and say, grow these things in me. I can't do it. Almost, yeah, allow that agitation to draw us back to him. He wants to make us fruitful. John 15, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you would bear fruit, fruit that would last. So drive that back to him, ask him, grow it in me. But also ask him, where are you already doing that? And know that naturally we'll be aware of where we're not doing it. But I had that conversation with God and I talked to him about my lack of patience and he didn't disagree with me. But he, what he did in his kindness show me is, Ali, look where I've been growing you there. Look at the change. And I was encouraged. I know loads of us, one of the things that we've experienced in these last months is a change in our relationship with our neighbours. And there are things that I've been asking God for years with, in particular, one of my neighbours, that I've seen the fruit of that in this lockdown season. So ask him. All we have to do is remain in him. That's what it says in John 15. Just stick close to him and he will be growing things in us. In this season of night, we can see the activity of God to wake us up to lead us into freedom, to grow us and to speak to us. He can do all of these things in the good times and he can certainly do all of them in the toughest of seasons. God is still at work. 
he's not like out of action. He's not on lockdown until 2021. We can trust his goodness and trust his hand. Let's be asking God, God, what are you doing in me? And what do you want to do in me in this season? Yours is the day. Yours also the night. Amen.